Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, you're listening to 5-Minute Folklore with me, Bob Shoy. This week, I'm covering two different folklores from Argentina. Neither had too much research for me to delve into, so I decided to do both together. So later, you will hear about the hell beast El Familiar, but to begin with, I'm going to tell the story of Pasancana, the legend of the cactus. Long ago... In Argentina, two children, a boy named Cajuelu and a girl named Pasancana, became close friends. They were both members of the same tribe and so grew up together. They learned together and they played together. Even from a young age, Cajuelu knew that Pasancana was beautiful and would always pick her flowers. Years passed and Cajuelu grew into a handsome young man and he and Pasancana fell in love. One day, Pasancana's father, the chief of the tribe, called his daughter to him. Pasancana, I have very good news for you. This is Alay. He gestured to the young man that stood beside him, who looked a few years older than Pasancana. He is from one of the neighbouring tribes. He is one of their best hunters. He thinks you are very beautiful. Don't you, Alay? The boy nodded and bowed slightly to Pasancana. I would be very happy if you were to marry. He's a very skilled and handsome man, and it would strengthen the bonds between our communities. Pasancana was shocked. She backed up, turned, and fled the room. Don't worry. She will come round. I expect she's overwhelmed by the situation. The chief reassured the boy. I will talk to her again this evening. Pasancana ran to find Cajuelu, and when she did, she grabbed him by the arm. Come with me, she said, and led him to a hiding place. What is it? he asked. My father wants me to marry another man. You know he will not change his mind. She began to sob, and Cajuelu wiped the tears from his own eyes. Then we will run away, he said. When the first star comes out this evening, meet me and we will run to the mountains. They embraced and then went their separate ways, continuing their days as normal and telling no one of their plan. That night, 
The chief went to speak to his daughter, but she was nowhere to be found. Pasakana! He called out to the rest of the tribe. Has anyone seen my daughter? No one had. No, then everyone look for her. The whole tribe searched, but no one found her. They reported back to the chief that there was no sign of both her and Kehuelu. The chief realised what had happened and gathered a group of his best men. Come on, men, we'll find them. And they marched out of the village. Pasankana and Kehuelu had reached the mountainside. They were both tired from running and sat to take a break and catch their breath. We're far enough. Perhaps we can sleep here a while. Kehuelu said. They started to lie down when Pasankana spotted her father's group by the light of the moon. No, they are coming for us, she said. We can't escape them now. What do we do? Kehuelu asked. We can't give up. Pachamama, help us. Pasankana pleaded to the goddess of the land. The goddess, Pachamama, took pity on the young lovers and a hole appeared in the mountain for them to hide in. They climbed in, and the hole closed up. Shortly after, her father and his men arrived. They can't be far, men. I saw them right here. He called out to Pasankana and Kehuelu. I know you're hiding, but we can wait here for as long as it takes. He and his men waited by the mountain all night, but the lovers did not appear. A cactus grew from where Pachamama had opened the hiding hole. This was Kehuelu. It grew thorns to protect Pasankana, whose spirit had been placed within. She would occasionally emerge as a cactus flower. They were together. Also sometimes called The Legend of the Cactus, the story of Pasankana originated from an indigenous community in the Andes known as the Aymaras and tells of why the cactus grows in that area. The cactus type that the story refers to is the Enchinopsis atacamensis, or Cardon, a particular type that is native to Argentina as well as Chile and Bolivia and is especially common in Tucumán in the northwest of Argentina. In some versions of the story, Pasankana is instead called Pascana, and Kehuelu is named Kehuel Amatua. Also, in some versions, the chief, or cacique, specifically does not want Pasankana to marry Kehuelu, as he does not consider him a good enough hunter. Pachamama, who takes pity on the young runaways when they desperately pray to her at the end of the story, is a goddess revered by the indigenous people of the Andes. She is known as the mother of earth and time. In some versions of the story, instead of her opening a hole for them to climb into, she just turns them instantly into a cactus. Pinta, <laughs> <laughs> 
pintita Para quitar y pinta pintita Te iré a robar de tu quinta Si no es esta nochecita Mañana por la mañanita Te iré a robar de tu quinta Si no es esta nochecita Mañana por la mañanita And that's all I have for the Passancana legend. There wasn't too much information to dive into regarding it, but I did still want to tell the story. So now for the rest of the episode, I'm going to cover a more modern piece of folklore from Argentina, El Familiar. Sometime in the 19th century, in the northern Argentinian province of Salta, the owner of a sugar refinery was worried. The economy of the country was not doing well, the sugar industry was at risk, and he was concerned about the profits of his company falling. He did the only thing he could do. He made a deal with the devil. He prepared the ritual And in a puff of flames and smoke, the room darkened, and the devil appeared. Speak, he hissed. The man fell to his knees. I'm asking you to protect my sugar business from the failing economy. In payment, I require one human sacrifice per year. The man pondered a moment, and then hung his head. Okay. Then it's a deal. The devil gleamed. I will send one of my hounds to collect. Yearly. <laughs> and with another puff, the devil vanished, and the room lit up again as if nothing had happened. In the coming weeks, the man started to wonder if he had imagined the whole thing. But when profits not only stabilized, but began to rise, he thought maybe his wish had actually been granted. Then one day, a piece of paper slid underneath his door. He picked it up. Prepare a room. El Familiar is coming. He read, and then the paper burnt up into nothing. So the factory owner cleared one of the storerooms in the building and told the workers, No one is to use this room. That afternoon, he pulled one of the workers aside. I'm going to need you to stay behind after work today. Just wait by one of the storerooms when everyone is gone. The man nodded and continued his work. That night, El Familiar appeared. A huge, black, demon dog with a thick chain around its neck. It stalked the building, saw its nominated victim, and dragged him into the prepared storeroom. 
where he was pulled through a portal into hell for the devil. From then on, El Familiar lived on the premises. It was up to the owner to sate its hunger or see his business fail. Occasionally, El Familiar's hunger demanded further sacrifice, and some would claim to see it haunt the plantations, looking for an extra victim to sate its appetite. Whispers circulated, and hearing of the success of the Salter Sugar Mills Pact, owners of plantations in other regions made their own deals, and gained their own familiars, and the devil gained more and more sacrifices. In northern Argentina, sugar is a very important industry. Whole villages are formed around the mills there. El Familiar's origins lie in the sugar plantations in Tucumán, Juje, Catamarca, and was particularly popular in Salta. The sugar industry had a boom in the 19th century, leading to huge profits. Many of the workers wondered how, and so, of course, decided that it must be because of some demonic pact between the bosses of the sugar refineries and the devil himself. As a part of the pact, El Familiar was said to collect a yearly sacrifice from the factory, but would sometimes take more. More death meant more fortune. The devil was willing to give more money and power in exchange for human life. The pact must be kept a secret, though, and the factory owners could not pass on the knowledge to anyone, even their own family. So when they died, the fortune was lost. The remaining family would become cursed or die of hunger. Many workers thought the mills they worked at had their own familiars, thinking of them as explanations for the numerous accidental deaths that would occur in the large factories. When one of these deaths would happen, the other workers would say, El Familiar is hungry. It was thought that El Familiar was kept in a secret room, or the basement, or even the chimney, and would be released when payment was due to be collected. Many claimed to have seen it wandering the sugarcane fields. Another rumour that spread is that the factory owner would send one of the workers to look for tools in a particular room, and he would never return, the room being where El Familiar was kept. As the story spread, workers took more and more to wearing a cross and carrying a rosary, blessed crucifix, and dagger with them. As the legend of El Familiar increased, as did people's faith, religious protection rituals were being performed more and more. It became an urban legend, and is still told as a scary story today. Some say that factory owners even wanted to exacerbate the rumours, as having a scared workforce could be beneficial, so they would make foremen do their rounds dressed all in black, or accompanied by black dogs. The most common descriptions of El Familiar's appearance say that he is a huge, rabid black dog, with hard, thick hair and tusks, like those of a wild boar, wearing a heavy chain around its neck. It has huge claws, red eyes, and is accompanied by the smell of sulphur. Other depictions describe it as a headless dog, a black bull, a black snake with a dog's head, a pig, or the devil himself, in the form of a giant snake known as Viveron. 
El Familiar only eats human flesh and cannot be killed. The only way to escape alive is by showing it a cross formed with a dagger's hilt. We're coming to the end of this episode now, so I hope you've enjoyed both subjects on this one. This week you heard Rick Dove and James Mildenstein doing voices, so thanks to them, and also a special thanks to Charish Bishop, who voiced Passancana. Charish is a listener of the podcast and contacted me after my offer of having some listeners as guest voices. I would love to do some more of that, so if you're interested in appearing in a five-minute folklore story or want to message the show for anything else, and please do because I do love hearing from you, then you can contact me at 5minutefolklore at gmail.com or through the website 5minutefolklore.com where there are also links to the social media accounts and ways to support the show. Also, as usual, iTunes rating reviews are really helpful. Music this week. Under the Passancana story, you heard a version of the traditional Argentinian piece Milongueo del Ea, and under the El Familiar story was an accordion tango instrumental performed by Carlos Gardel. Throughout the rest of the show, you heard the song Naranite performed by Los Chiranguanos and an Argentinian tango performed by Zamar. Finally, to play us out this week, I have a performance from famous Argentinian gaucho Oscar Pereira. There'll be another episode in two weeks. Until then, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 